0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to Tacovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: low welcome back to the Survival and Basic fat Podcast. Today... Well, we're going to talk about piracy. We're going to talk about if you have a small boat and you're kind of touring the world, what kind of things can you do to protect your boat? We're also going to talk about in a uh, off-grid shit hits the fan situation, our small boats is going out to sea and just kind of getting away from the craziness. Is that maybe an option? Um, we're gonna kind of look at the options and get to the bottom of it. But that's one of the things is you're very vulnerable when you're on a small craft, um, to the crazy out in the world. And you know, in America we feel pretty protected and and the Coast Guards out there, we have this this false sense of security, I think, in America in general. But I think you feel like, hey, we're pretty good out here. But there's definitely some crazies. Um I don't know, Kevin, uh, you remember that movie Cape Fear? Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, that was a good one.
1: Ah, there's, you know, you're, there's kind of nowhere to run. That was always one of the things, you know, they were always scared of fire in the Navy because there's nowhere to go. Right. You just kind of have to deal with whatever problem comes up. And that's, that's one of the things that, you know, we have to look at. Um, so basically, The issues that come up are are kind of the same. When you have a small craft and you're out there, you and the wife or you and the girlfriend or you and and your buddies, who knows, whatever. You go out on your small boat, you're subject to the world out there. And there are crazy pirate piracy actions happening out there. There's also a lot of thievery and just debauchery in general in the world and, and really what can you do to protect against it? So Kevin, you have any thoughts? I I have some basics, but yeah, well, let's,
2: let's talk for a few minutes about, uh, about, you know, uh, prepping and that sort of stuff. As far as, uh, as far as being on a boat, you know, I think, I think being on a boat, you know, gives you certain advantages and disadvantages, um in a situation like that you know somebody nobody can really sneak up on you unless you're not paying attention if you're if you're on a boat um you know you always have a source of <clears throat> a source of food as far as fishing goes um but there are also a lot of drawbacks like you said if the boat sinks you're, you're out of luck you know what i mean you have to always uh always be on guard for that and you know if you've been on a ship you know that there's always water getting in there getting on there and you have to continually be uh you know, most people have bilge pumps in their, in their boats, but you have to continually be on top of that. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, disadvantages. You're, you're kind of out in the open when a storm rolls through. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of things to worry about. Being dead at sea is, is, uh, no good if, if nobody's going to come out and rescue you. And, uh, you know, if your radio's out, uh, or, you know, like you said, shit hits the fan, the coast guard isn't coming to save your ass. Um, now a lot of people talk about just out on lakes, you know, big lakes, Yeah, which is, which is great. And it's, uh, you know, you're not going to have 30 foot waves in a, on a lake in a, in a big storm, but you know, you still have disadvantages. Um, you know, most people, if you're on a boat, most people can swim, uh, you know, people that are on a boat anyway. And yeah, you can usually you make it to shore, but uh, if you can't see the coast, if you're that far out, man, you're, you're kind
1: of fucked. Yeah. Well, oh. are you? Yeah. I mean, if you got to swim back, yeah, you're, you're kind of screwed. That that doesn't work. Um, they do have those little dinghy boats that you tow behind and, you know, you hope for the best and, you know, whatever, but I guess like, all right, let, let's, let's kind of, Get, get down into of the options that we have on there before we get too crazy here. Um, so, like, I, I, I don't know. I watched other videos and people are very worried about guns. And and the reason they're reluctant with guns, and, and I understand this, and this is legitimate, is there's a lot of foreign countries and places that you can't pull into um, with guns on your boat and like, I might refer you to the communist state of New Jersey. Um, All right? I, I know that, you know, like in England, you can go into the, the port authority kind of thing and declare your guns. If you have a proper safe on board, they'll seal your safe. And then you can, you know, you're okay. Uh, some other countries, Italy, I believe uh, some other ones there, there's just no guns. It's just, no, you um, mm-hmm. You can check them in when you pull into Italy and leave your guns at the first place you go. Um, I know Mexico has something kind of like that. Now, I know there was a story about a Mexican captain of a uh, luxury yacht who pulled in and was like, hey, I have all these weapons to declare. And they were like, yeah, you should have called us before you pulled in our waters. And they put him in jail for four months and seized his boat. Yeah, it doesn't sound good now. So that's, that's the deterrent, you know, why you're like, yeah, I'm not sure I want guns and customs people will come and board your ship and, and kind of look for, you know, any kind of weapons or anything that they're concerned about. So that's something you need to be aware of. And it is a legitimate fear and a legitimate concern. So I think you would definitely <clears throat> want to take that into account. Now, do you buy a uh, three hundred dollar AK and some magazines, and or maybe you took it from the last pirates that you beat, and right. keep it in your boat until you get to Italian waters, and then you just throw it over the side? Maybe mm-hmm. a good option. Um, I'm just saying. So, anyway, let's talk about some non-firearm weapons that you could do. Uh I heard a lot of people mention, oh, the air horn. Well, yeah, blasting somebody in the face with an air horn is not pleasant. However, your Somali pirates with 50 cals probably not, you know. Yeah, they don't give a shit about that. Um, having night vision, that gives you a big upper hand. Um, that's something to really consider. Uh thermal scopes, that kind of thing. Um thermal, uh, thermal monocular, that kind of thing. Excellent. Um, if you do have a gun, I would say night vision or thermal scope. They're not that expensive. If you look at ATN, um, there are some rules about going to foreign countries with thermal and night vision though, but there are actually options out there that are not regulated by, you know, as far as taking them to other countries. So that, that's mm-hmm. something to look at. Um, flares flare gun. That is actually an option. Um, let me see. I have uh you may want to believe it or not. I, I consider some good defensive preps, uh, radios, satellite, phone, phone, mm-hmm. um, things like that. Having a radar. Now the problem is a lot of these, these boats are smaller woods, but out of the pirate action, the one for the old school PT boats and having right. a surface radar, not super expensive. And you can, uh, you know, you can actually see what's out there and, and be preventative, but some of the smaller woodcraft, you're not going to pick it up. You're not going to, you know, know what's coming. So you are vulnerable. Um, People talk about, you know, having a fire extinguisher and blasting people in the space, mace, pepper spray, that kind of thing. All right. Now we're going to get into a little bit more hardcore. Um, there is a lot of CO2s that are legal in other countries that you may want to, mm-hmm. you know, can really up your game. Um, there's one called the, <clears throat> the tr fifty. And it's a six cylinder like revolver that basically it's a, uh, they're basically lethal rounds. If you're putting in metal balls, they're Mm -hmm. lethal rounds. They're pretty accurate. They, uh, the way they're set up, the CO2 cartridge loads in the bottom and you can kind of click it in when you're ready to use it. So the idea is, You know, I don't know if you guys have used CO2 things, but basically the air leaks out after five or six days. Once you puncture it, right. It's pretty hard to keep it, you know, basically charged and ready. Um, The, this TR 50 revolver is actually pretty awesome. It uh, you can just slap the bottom and put it in. Now they have ones that look like a Walther um, pistol. That a little less accurate, a little less powerful. To be honest, the big revolver is kind of the way to go. That the, the Walther one is the T4E. Uh, I think it stands for uh, Training for Engagement. I don't know. Okay, they, they're all. If you search, they're all. That's an air on gun. Amazon. They're they're all air guns. Uh, there's another one called the Air <clears> Javelin, and the Air Javelin is basically like a co2 crossbow kind of you know hybrid Mm -hmm. um that's awesome uh and i would look at crossbows um they're another excellent choice now here's the thing this is going to help you with maybe two or three guys at the most who have normal conventional weapons Mm
0: -hmm. if
1: you go against Four guys with AKs, and you got this nonsense little revolver. Yeah, it's not going to end well for you. Um, you know, in, unless you have that sneaky, I'm gonna, you know, buddy up to you and wait till you're right here, and then you know, turn and blast everybody in the head before anybody knows what's happening. Unless you're that guy, then it's probably not going to end well for you if they have big weapons. Um, guess what. you're in your wooden sailboat fiberglass sailboat and they're outside with an ak with two magazines i don't care if you lock yourself inside or not it's Mm -hmm. not going to end well right um another thing that i mean the bottom line is you need to be the faster boat you need to be the more alert you need to be the before i mean even the big pirate ships back in the day you know, when they saw another ship, it was all about, can we outrun them? You know I mean? That's kind of what it comes down to. That's where you want to be. But, you know, that's, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough ask. You know, that's the thing. Right. Um, And a lot of times they'll try and surround you, um, you know, block you with two or three small boats kind of come in. A lot of people aren't paying attention. You know, sometimes you wake up to guys, you know, pounding on the uh, outside of your ship. Now they do have outside like perimeter alarms that are battery operated, or, you know, a lot of people have 120 volt systems that Mm -hmm. they can do with their boats, but that's something to look at too. Um, All your hatches, they do have bars and, and ways that you can lock yourself in and make it pretty secure. It's good, but I would also look into can I slip over the side? Can I just disappear? Mm-hmm. Um, that's not always an option. Uh, you know, I mean, at night, you might be able to slip away with the dinghy kind of thing. The, even the dinghy, they're going to see you. Um, right. It just, it, it doesn't end well. Um, I would look at, uh, you know, uh, maybe, uh, Kevin, you know, we've talked about uh, cash. And right. having secrets, a lot of voids in most watercraft and places that mm-hmm. you can hide stuff. Um, there is a, uh, th- there's place to hide stuff where, you know, you can tuck it in and make secret compartments. That's something you want to look into, you know, right. But, Cause hiding your gear and, and everything like that.
2: Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think a lot of ships are, you know, that, that are designed for smuggling have, uh, have some pretty impressive, uh, pretty impressive compartments, but it's not something that, you know, you have to, you have to be somewhat talented to be able to build it yourself, you know, and that's really how you have to do it. You can't, you can't hire somebody to come in and do it. And then, then people know about know about it. Right. But, um, there are a lot of, like you said, there are a lot of voids in ships, and no. you can put something in there that's that's pretty well hidden. The problem is when you're pulling into ports, people are are um people are looking for that sort of stuff. You know, you're not the first person to come up with the idea of of you know smuggling firearms into into a port. You know, it's it's oh, not yeah, a, a brand new thing. There's a lot yeah, of people bringing drugs in, especially especially in uh, the Mediterranean. There's a lot of drugs that are going back and forth through there, and people are on the watch for that, and they're looking for that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, um, you're not. You're not going to do that with, and don't don't even think about trying to get past customs with a little secret compartment. That's just going to end up with you in prison. Um, Like I said, you really, with these searches, they can be very elaborate. And it's just a matter of time. And every situation is a roll of the dice. You don't want to really push your luck with, uh, you know, carrying firearms into a place that you shouldn't. Um, Yeah, And, you know,
2: there are definitely places you can pull in, uh, to ports where nobody's going to be paying attention to you. You know, you can, you can anchor off a coast someplace you can, you know, I know that there's, you know, you can go in the mouth of a river, you know, in the, into the country and pull into one of the ports that are along the, the river and they're not, they're not paying attention as well, but there are, I mean, you know, you have to really plan ahead for that sort of stuff. That's not something that's like, um, you know. I'm not the first person to think about it and, and neither are you, you know, you're not the, the first person that's going to try and pull some bullshit like that. And, uh, you know, they catch people all the time with that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. I know, uh, a friend of mine, his, his brother was, uh, was fishing off the coast of, uh, Florida. Okay. And, um, coast guard pulled up and, uh, he didn't throw a shotgun over the side, which he should have done. And since he was a convicted felon, he's going to be in prison the rest of his life with that one. So it's not, uh, you know, it's not something to mess around with or play around with because, uh, the coast guard isn't, you know, they're not, they're not, you think of them as, as a bunch of weekenders, but that's not really the case with, uh, with all the ships that are pulling you over, especially if you're off the coast of Miami, where all the drugs come in through, um, they're taking that shit serious and they're expecting people to have automatic weapons. So, You know, it's just something to keep in mind. You're not going to outfight a lot of these, uh, a lot of these ships that are going to come along with you unless you're really well armed and that brings its own danger with it.
1: Now, I I do see in the uh, comments here, one of the, uh, one of the the go-to and definitely legal and able to deal with is the Molotov cocktail. Right. Um, Right. I got to say a a bunch of angry pirates with uh, a case and you set them all on fire. It might work. It's
2: not a good position to be in if you're the one that's on fire on your boat, you know,
1: but when you're lighting it up, you are kind of a target. You may want to be behind the bridge kind of thing. Right. Right. Well, it's yeah. It's definitely something that until it happens, you got to be a little sneaky with that. There's a
2: lot of people that have lit themselves on fire. Trying to trying to throw a Molotov cocktail. It's not Kevin, not. It, you want to practice that before you before you're in a situation.
1: Let's not turn it into something ugly. I I think that that was an excellent suggestion, <laughs> and I think that I'm completely on board with it. Also, I mean, if we're going with the exception, what about those net guns? Yes, mm-hmm. you you blast. You know, I I, I do you remember that show. um, what was it? Uh. Big, uh and uh what's his name? Uh shit, the skateboarder. Um oh uh was it Robin Rob Deer was. Rob and- Dierdick. Rob Deerdeck, right. and uh Big Black there. It was like Robin Big and Rob or or something. I, right. I don't know. But uh they, they yeah. had a couple and- episodes with those uh those net guns and they're pretty uh-huh. freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are impressive,
2: but you know, I don't know what the range is on that sort of stuff, man. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that I would ever go for, uh, any of those non-lethal weapons. You know, I know there's a place for them, Yeah, but, um, you know, if you're in a situation like that, you want to, you want to kill people.
1: No, I'm with you a hundred percent. And then that's the thing. So if you do, uh, come across some angry pirates and you, you take them out with your net gun and your, uh, your air pistol, take their AK and keep right. it in your boat until you get to the next port.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: that's always like, I always read these prepper novels and, and I find it a little humorous that I, I, I find it humorous, but I actually think some of it is legitimate. They always get like, I, I'll i tell you later, I, I even went to a training class where it was all about this, but they always seem to just acquire a gun on the way home. Like it, it's usually a matter of minutes some of them even like acquire, like, oh, there's an EMP, mm-hmm. and now there's a 20th of all the running vehicles in the world. I mean, this is in the story, right? right? I, I don't really right, right. know how many vehicles, although I will say the really modern vehicles, they suggested that they would hold up to an EMP, and I think that's bullshit. I think the modern think vehicles so? of now, I mean, yeah. I think in the last five years. Yeah, I know, I, I know when they were the doing, 90s? um, yeah they said they were fine but
2: yeah when they were doing uh tests in the 1950s with the 1950s vehicles um they said that any running car would stalled would be- out with the with the emp from the uh from the nuclear nuclear explosion but um they said they were able to start them back up but that's 1950s technology not modern technology and i'm not 100 percent on uh on how, how a modern car is going to work. I mean, at minimum, you're going to have check engine lights on because all your sensors are going to be, you know, screwed. You know, your CO2, all your emission sensors are going to be, uh,
1: you know, going to be screwed. I don't know. I, I just don't see a scenario. A lot of you guys have a, a circuit board in there. No, again, it's kind of shielded under the hood of the car. People mm-hmm. have all different theories, but bottom line, they say kind of up till 86 or so, you're good, but. I, I know we're getting a little off task. Sorry about that, but uh, just our favorite topic is EMPs. <laughs> uh, EMPs are, are the prepper world, right? So, right. but bottom line, these guys get these like battlefield all the time. Um, where you know, hey, look, uh, you know, I just killed this guy because I snuck up and slit his throat because you know that's what you do, right? And now I have his gun, you know. So how? Angry pirates are probably not going to be scared guns.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's that's yeah. kind of the thing. Um, they're probably not going to be people who are easily overtoned. Um, guys with AKs, not usually the guy that you can uh, overtake. Um, I will say AKs jam a fair amount if they're not properly cleaned and taken care of. And I know yeah. out at sea things can be a little iffy. So I was uh at, yeah, I was
2: actually um watching some videos of some pirates that were uh they were river pirates in, in I think it was Nigeria. Okay and uh the, you know they were just cruising up and down these rivers and uh I was looking at their weapons and they had some heavy he- you know some heavy small arms, you know. Um and they were all just rusted to shit. Now yeah. I don't know that these guys are necessarily uh the best at taking care of their, their weapons, the best at, you know, keeping it clean and keeping it well maintained. But, um, definitely, you know, when you're dealing with salt water, or just water in general, you're looking to put some, um, some heavy damage on your, on your firearms, anything that's metal like that, you're going to have to deal with some, some real issues. You're going to have to keep it every day. You're going to have to be cleaning that up, whether you use it or not, you know? So I think that's, uh, I think that's, something to keep in mind honestly is, is if you are going to have a firearm on your, on your boat that you're going to really take care of it and make sure it's not, it's not falling apart in a, in a few months.
1: Yeah, no, that's definitely something you're going to have to kind of consider to, you know, put gun oil in your uh, local stock, you know? um right. But bottom line, like I said, there's really, you know, if somebody has a mounted machine gun and even, AKs, you're pretty much outgunned unless you have an AK. The only, uh, reasonable weapon and the price is not reasonable, but maybe like a Barrett 50, right? You know, mm-hmm. you have an eight, $8,000 gun. Maybe they're 10,000 now. I don't know. Um, if you have an $8,000 gun, you might be able to stop that guy with the big machine gun because you might be able to get him before he gets too close and gets right. to, you know, whatever. And I got to say when they have the small wood boat, it, yeah, you're kind of sinking that guy with that, with, with the 50. Yeah. Now, again, if he can throw a 50 caliber rounds at your boat versus you throwing one at his, he's got Yao gun. But right. if he has like a, a smaller, You know, full auto gun, you might have a real shot. And I'll I'll tell you this game changer. Yeah.
2: From experience, you know, firing from one moving boat towards another moving thing, it doesn't matter how good of a shot you are. that It's not easy to do. You know, um, I think, do you you ever watch that movie, Captain Philip, with Tom Hanks and the Somali Pirates?
1: Yeah, that was impressive. Yeah. So at the end of the
2: the movie, and that was a, a real, real event. Right. Uh, there was a, a small dinghy that that he was in with uh, three pirates and uh, was being towed behind a U.S. Navy ship. And there were uh, Navy SEAL snipers and they were actually able to do headshots on all three of those guys at the same time, which is I mean, blows really? my mind that that's yeah. even possible to do, let alone being confident enough to to just try it and see what happens. You know, yeah. um, but I've seen people firing automatic weapons towards towards stuff uh, from a moving ship. And it's, it's not easy. You know, it doesn't matter how talented you are. It's not an, not an easy thing to do.
1: Um, well that's, that's, uh, as far as the full auto, that's where the tracer rounds come in.
2: Right. That's Um, definitely something you want to be able to do that you can follow, you know, follow
1: where your shots are going. Just, uh, I I was, uh, you guys know that Kevin and I were both in the Navy and, uh, we used to, uh, they'd have a a mounted 50 cow on the ship and uh, we'd shoot tracer rounds and and they'd have something called the uh, killer tomato. And basically they would have planes fly by towing a big red balloon and we'd shoot the big red balloon out of the sky Mm -hmm. and the tracer rounds. You kind of, you know, you see the big arcs. It's funny. We're seeing a lot of videos coming out of the, uh, the Ukraine right now. Mm -hmm. that uh, you know people you know firing up into the air at the planes and whatever and chasing it down it's kind of crazy to uh how effective the tracer rounds are at getting you on target you know right right and
2: you know like i said it can be really difficult if you're not seeing where where your rounds are going you know you'll unload an entire magazine at something and and just not hit anything um but also you know running an automatic weapon is you're not you're not real accurate with automatic weapons a lot of people think about that you know and think about it as being an easy thing to do but it's not it's not if it's mounted it's a little bit easier but it's it's still it's not an easy uh thing to do yeah i think a lot of these uh a lot of these movies and stuff that you see um they're a little bit inaccurate you know a little bit inaccurate at how accurate their firearms are but if you watch if you watch any live videos of the, or, uh, you know, real life videos of that sort of stuff happening, you'll see 90% of the rounds just go into the water around what you're shooting at.
1: Right. I mean, even in the Navy on, on the warships, it's, it's not as accurate as you know, people like to think um, the the uh, sorry, the missiles and stuff. They are, they are that accurate. Um, right. We do have some, a lot of guided um, like five inch guns and, and stuff now that, things are are different but in the past yeah we we did a little bit of guessing um the big thing it's funny back in the day you would actually set like a timer on the uh the round to when it would explode Mm -hmm. for like the big five inch gun and you would say all right you know it'll be at this far out at you know a second or something or two seconds and they would set the timer and the idea would be the round to explode near the object that you're trying to hit. And
2: mm-hmm. that
1: would be enough. That would be considered, you know, Oh, that's a good shot, you know, when you got right. there. And so that's something, you know, to be aware of. Um, all right. Dial it back here a little bit. So back to like pros and cons, um, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at for a survival situation,
2: um. Right, a survival situation on on a Got ship you. is not as easy as uh as you might might think. You know what I mean? You're you're not gardening. You're not, you know, you're not hunting. You're not doing a lot right. of the stuff you have, and you have limited space on a ship as far as what you can um, you know, as far as what you can carry with you. Uh, you know, one of the biggest things about about boats is the limited space. Um, another thing that you have to be conscientious of is, uh, you know, a lot of your canned food, a lot of your food like that, the labels are going to be gone. So you have to, you have to kind of label all your food as you, as you go. You know what I mean? Black magic marker on top of the can. Uh, so you can figure out what's in the can before you open it up. Cause those labels are going to be gone, you know, right. as soon as they
1: get wet. Um, th- One of the big limitations though, is you just don't have, a ton of room and and weight you know that you can carry on a boat and it depends on the boat you know obviously you can have a giant freaking barge and then you might be king i mean that might be the answer if you can set up a little uh you know apocalypse colony on a barge and you got Mm -hmm. you know room to actually garden and grow some stuff and whatever right that that might not be a bad way and you got a tugboat that can get and you're protected away from people, that might be an option. You know, I mean, things actually are possible. Um, Cruise ships and stuff actually get decommissioned and and come up for, you know, know, sale and and stuff like that. That's an option. Um, Obviously, it's not an option for everybody's budget, but there's some amazing things that come out that you're like, damn, look at that. You know, I'd love to own that. And you find out that they're not really a big deal, you know um to mm-hmm. obtain so something to consider but obviously the fu- the fuel required to move something like that and whatever is enormous you know I had a right. buddy who uh ha- had a decent sized you know boat and when gas prices went way up about seven eight years ago he was like yeah I used to drive my uh boat to Florida every year for the winter and leave it you know there and he was like, I can't do it. It's like six thousand dollars in fuel to drive to Florida. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I it doesn't pay. And so all these people were selling all these kind of luxury boats because they're like, I can't afford to run it, you know, and I right. can't take care of it. It just gets ridiculous. Um, so that's something, you know, you gotta figure into your, you know, supplies. Um, figure into your plan now. You're like, Well, I'll just have a sailboat. Well, all right, great, but you're not outrunning a lot of people, you're not, you know, it's you're definitely limited, and right? That, that's really what it comes down to. Um, you're limited, but you're also probably sleeping easy at night. You know, it's a lot easier to defend a sailboat, uh, you know, when you're out. Now, again, you're not easy to defend when there's guys coming at you with a 50 cal, but I gotta say when I'm sitting in my tent on the shore and somebody comes at me with a 50 cal, it's not easy to defend that. Either.
2: Right. Right. No, and you know, or, or the five guys fact of the matter is shade. that there's, you yeah. know, when, when, when fuel isn't easily available, there's going to be a lot fewer, you know, boats on the water and, uh, you know, sailboats obviously are not all that easy to use unless you have a lot of experience with them, you know? Um, yeah. and and you know if you don't have fuel if there's no fuel available or fuel's extremely expensive there's not going to be a whole lot of people you know chasing your boat you know trying to chase your boat down and and uh, catch up with you and that's just you right. know ultimately i think that you're a lot safer on a on a ship on a boat than you are on shore someplace but there's also a lot of drawbacks
1: right and that's know uh, on a a bigger ship i mean those are going to be the guys who are kicking ass when you know you're on the big container ship or whatever and you're out at sea and there's an emp over the mainland um a lot lot of times people aren't going to waste the effort of you know if it's a nuclear device or whatever not just randomly covering the oceans because you can only do so much you know these guys and they're self-contained units you know they have desalinization, they have food and supplies, they have all this stuff, they're going to be probably in a better situation. Now, obviously, they could be at the end of their resources where they, you know, are at the point where they have to pull in and, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, all that's possible. i mean, any scenario. But in general, these people are ready to go. And that's something, you know, you want to keep in mind. So That's the bottom line. I mean, you have a lot of choices here, uh, but you need to think about how am I going to defend it? And you need to really kind of, you know, find a way to protect you and your family, take care of things, take care of, you know, what you care about. You know, that's what it comes down to. And it always, you know, as we always talk about, it, it comes down to being prepared. It comes down to planning ahead. To putting these supplies in position, having it ready, having it there, having a plan, but also having a, a boat that you're not able to get to is not going to be you know, helpful. Oh, mm-hmm. I have my stockpiled boat and it's just 20 miles away. Well, 20 <laughs> miles might be hard. And yeah. is it still going to be there when you get 20 miles away? Now, mm-hmm. we had talked about in the past, if you live in New York City, that might be your option, right? Hey, I can get off this crappy island, you know? Mm
2: -hmm. But,
1: and if you act fast, and if it's not that far away, you might be able to do it. Can you, you know, if the lights go out, nobody's going to kind of figure out what's going on for four or five hours, I'd say you might have a real shot. Um, Mm -hmm. At if you're three or four miles away from your boat, and you get there, and you get the hell off that godforsaken island, that's a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if um am the guy who's, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm a half hour away in a car from the coast in, in North Carolina, yeah, maybe if I have an older vehicle, but I, I don't know, you know, it, it just sounds tough and it doesn't sound like my go-to choice,
0: mm-hmm. but I would
1: say if you guys are, uh, kind of out there living on a boat, I would say stay safe because, Man, it is can be scary and storms, hurricanes, um, you know, and uh, crazy people. It's always a threat, It's always a threat kind of everywhere. But out at sea, it really is where you're limited and you don't have, you know, people to call for help. And it is terrifying when people come up on you and, you know, you're really outgunned. It, It just there isn't much you can do. Um, you know, all you can do is is pray that, you know, the Coast Guard or the Navy's nearby and come and help you out, you know, because right. when somebody rolls up with the uh, the uh 50, you're, you're kind of in trouble.
2: Yeah. Now, the truth is, if you're off the coast of uh the United States, you're probably in not too bad of a shape because there's not going to be a lot of people out there with with uh, 50 cows on their boat. You know, there's no. not going to be a lot of people doing that sort of crazy shit. But when you get into the, some of these other areas, you know, <clears throat> and I'm not just talking about Africa. Off the coast of, uh, off the coast of India, off the coast of uh, New Zealand, you know, there's a lot of uh, wild places out there in the world that, um, you know, can be really dangerous. Um, even off the coast of Mexico, there's some pirates uh, that, that um, uh, kind of famous in, in Falcon Lake, which is uh, on the border of the United States and Mexico. Uh, it's about a six, it's a 60 mile long lake and, uh, they're just, uh, smuggling drugs and season boats all the time. And there's all mm-hmm. sorts of, uh, shootouts. Now, most of it is in, uh, Mexican territorial waters. Uh, like I said, it's a lake. It's not, you know, it's not off the coast, so right. it's limited, but it's a large lake. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of wild shit happening, in a lot of places, once you leave uh, U.S. borders, and, you know, obviously there's a lot of countries that are that are like that, that are, that are safe, you know, safe to be out on your boat, um, you know, without any sort of apocalypse going on. But there's a lot of places in the world where, you know, sh- there's not a whole lot of fucking rules there, you know? There's not a whole lot of people that are enforcing the rules that they do have. So, you know, it's just something to keep in mind, especially if you're just a, uh, you know, somebody that is maybe retiring and say, Oh, I wanted to sail a boat around the world. You know, sounds great. Pay, pay attention to where the hell you're going.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Believe it or not, the Caribbean is one of the places where uh, it can get a little rough and, you know, people mm-hmm. think of it as, as, you know, more luxury and, and safer, but like actually the Philippines and stuff, you end up being safer than in the Caribbean. It's really kind of crazy. So, yeah do your research. That's what I would say. Think about where you're going. Think about your your safety. And, you know, like I said, definitely some of um, non-traditional firearm options. I would take every precaution I could get. Um, I would load up with some, you know, some reasonable defensive weapons that you can use and I would keep them handy where you can get them. You know, that's Mm -hmm. the thing it's so easy to become complacent when, Hey, we haven't seen a single boat for 12 days. You're not going to necessarily have that gut sidearm on your hip, you know, but you know, you're living in freaking, uh, you know, a bathing suit and you know, it's not the norm, but you got to stash this stuff where you can get to it. Um, You got to be, and you got to be alert. So, that's the kind of thing. You need the precautions. Maybe you need the alarm outside, you know, looking for, you know, motion detectors. It's tough on a boat. So boats always rocking and moving, but they do make some uh, alarms that actually uh, seem to work for people. Uh, if you do a little research, it wasn't hard for me to come up with some that, you know, people are using, but, you know, go ahead, check this stuff out and uh, see what you can do. But definitely take some extra steps is what I would say. And be alert, be paying attention, and do the research before you go somewhere. But the bottom line, firearms aren't always the answer. Uh, but there is nothing wrong with buying a cheap cheap firearm that you don't mind tossing before you get somewhere, because basically protecting your life and everything you have to throw away 400 bucks, probably not a bad investment. Um you know, as you're, you're cross crossing the bigger areas and going through tough tough things, Um, Uh you know, it would be bad to be a little bit prepared. So with that, I would say, stay safe. Um, Questions, concerns, things you want to tell us at gmail.com. Um, don't forget to like, and subscribe. I love when, you know, you guys subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, uh, you know, if you haven't downloaded the podcast or subscribe there, I know that's a great option. We're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, just about everywhere. Also, you can check out our email list at preppingbadass.com. With that, stay safe, and I will talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic
2: Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Mm-hmm.